0: Okay, so let's see. Okay, so we are good. Um, let's start this conversation this evening, uh, rather on a different note. Uh, Ruth, I trust that your network will be stable so that you can stay through this. And, um, like once again, I welcome everybody and let's just take a brief moment and introduce, uh, ourselves, just a brief moment. Let's introduce ourselves. So who wants to... Unmute. OK, somebody's unmuted. Who is there? Please just go ahead. Tell us just briefly Hello. About Hi. Hello. Yes. This hi. is uh, Paul um, I live at Committee 3, Site B, and I work with SOS Children's Village. Beautiful. Beautiful. You're welcome, sir. Thank you. OK. Who next? Just go ahead. Let's do it quickly. If you know talking, Ruth, I know you usually have a challenge when you start talking, your network may trip off. So what you can do is you can okay. just briefly type type it out, and we'll read it before we start the session today. Thank you.
1: Yeah, my name is, yeah, I'm Tiofilos, uh, I'm a student um, in the U.S. Um, of course, a Ghanaian. <laughs> Thank
0: you. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, so root is stripped off. Abbott. if there is no noise in your background, you can go ahead. If you feel there's noise in the background, then do. Just type out whatever you have to say about yourself and then we set sail. I'm not sure Albert can hear me. Okay, so you, let's, let's get going. Maybe we can still continue to do this at the end of the session. Now this evening, I want to, be, um, I want to start this new series. We've uh, been doing some series from last year, which is He Breath and Man Became. And um, that, though that is not completed, there's still more to that to say. Um, I I felt uh, impressed upon my heart to to start sharing on 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 this um, rediscovering God's ecclesia, rediscovering God's ecclesia. Just one moment. Let's see. I think, folks. Uh, i uh, sharing a few things here. Let us let me be sure. Okay, let's see. Somebody else has written something before we go ahead. All right, so that's Albert. Albert, it's outside and there's noise so he can speak. So you can type out about yourself or when you are in a very um, serene and quiet place, then at the end of the meeting, you can speak to that. I don't intend this teaching to be very long. Uh, rediscovering God's Ecclesia. We want to look at issues of authentic, relevant, functional living, where we live, work and play. When we talk about the Ecclesia, it borders on where we live, where we work, where we play. It borders on bringing our faith into our homes, bringing our faith into our work environment, bringing our faith into wherever we play. It could be Um, you are a footballer, and you are among the team out there. It could be a training session. It could be walking down the street. As a matter of fact, God has designed this life that we have in him to be a life that is lived when we lie down, when we rise, when we walk, when we talk to one another, when we eat. This life is resident in us and is with us. Um, It's an integral part of us. So... In discussing the ecclesia, which is a body, we want to examine how do we bring this ecclesia function into where we live, where we work, where we play. And we want to discuss that issue of authentic, relevant, functional living. So let's set set sail, let's set sail and begin to look at um, screen not moving just a moment. Let's see, let me see if I can change this. Okay, let's see if we go. Um, okay, so the usual challenges with, um, maybe I'll drop it. Just give me a moment, let me see. Good, so let me try it again, and then let's see if it's, it will roll. Okay, good, yeah, it's fine. So let's look at introduction, Ecclesia glimpses, glimpses of Ecclesia. Now, what I want to do in this very portion is to just discuss with you. And now let me also say, open up, let's discuss, you can pause me in the middle of the conversation and, Um, it will not cut the flow of grace. Now, we want to just look at some historical facts about Ecclesia, how it looks like, and how it did function. Where did this term Ecclesia came from? And why are we discussing Ecclesia? It's what we are driving at. And then we can finally apply it to how we live, where we live, where we work, where we play. Um, I remember, um, I walk into, no, let me give you this scenario, this, this, this story. One day we're in the office and um, my colleagues were, uh, there's this particular one who is very close to me. And he and said, you, you can't see any vision. I'm just using that to illustrate a principle. You can't see any vision. You don't see anything, don't hear anything. Immediately he said that, um, I just said to him, okay, so you want to test this and see how it works? Um, As said right now, I've entered into a room. And um, when you enter through the door to your right, into the corner, the L shape, into the corner of the room is a table. Now I'm facing the table and to the left of the table are three drawers. When you pull the first drawer or something or something, the third drawer or the middle drawer, I specifically, I was very specifically uh, specific. If you pull the second drawer, there is this three pieces of condom inside. They said, please, it's okay, it's okay. Don't continue saying anything. Um, It's true, you are there. I don't want to hear anything again. Now, how do we bring this life into that normal environment? Being it the prophetic functionality, being it um, how this very life of God that transforms ordinary persons to do extraordinary things. Those are the things we want to discuss and how what we call church can become more functional rather than just a banal um, kind of institution. You know, very often it has been said of the church, the only solution we have to issues is to pray. And we do not go beyond that. But it's, it's, when we study the ecclesia, Jesus used the term in Matthew chapter six to mean ecclesia. He actually used ecclesia to mean a spiritual institution. He borrowed it from the world of the day, the practice of the day, what was prevailing of the day, he borrowed it from there to apply to his government in the earth. But unfortunately, when we come to the etymology and we look at um, why the word church was used and what was the thinking behind um, the translators or those that put um, those, those texts together, the canonization, we would have a better appreciation of this word. So today I just want to do some introduction. So long before the canonization or the New Testament being written, um, the Greeks invented the word Ecclesia. Pay attention to this. The Greeks are the ones who invented this word Ecclesia. The Greeks invented the word Ecclesia. To describe a group of citizens called out for governmental purpose and function the term Ecclesia, I want to back up a bit and say that in Matthew chapter six, Jesus said, I will build my church. He did not use the word church as we understand it, as the translators meant it to be. We will study to understand when you look at the, um, the background from which the word church came from. I think it said uh, some German Anglo-Saxon words um, it is sika it is sika and kek two words together it is like move in circles and uh, and make merry circle sika and i think kek move in circles and make merry so it is all about entertainment that was the idea that was 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 uh, behind the word church as we know it the word church as it was employed in the translations because they could not have an an appreciation of the use of the word. So it is time that we return back to it. The Holy Spirit is beginning to highlight this word and the functionality and how it ought to become our new normal. One of the words that is emerging in the earth is the term Ecclesia. It's been there long, long ago, but it's coming into discovery. It's, in, it's coming into real emergence within the body of Christ as people continue to discover God and as the spirit of God continues to highlight them. So I said long before the, the New Testament was written, the Greeks invented the word Ecclesia to describe a group of citizens called out for governmental purpose and function. Now, later in history, the Romans adopted it and they ran with it. If you understand the Roman empire, they had such tremendous capacity in the way they do their things. Um, their expansion was, was so much fast and quick. The Roman Empire operated by um, one of the principle called Pax Roman- Romanian, Pax Romanian, brute force. The Roman Empire operated by brute force. And one of the instruments that they employed was the Ecclesia. So they ran with it, they developed it further and made it an ultra practical and uber integral spread everywhere as a distinct of their empire. As a distinct of their em- empire. Now, we want, to, we want to look at some key issues that related to the Ecclesia. And then we'll look at the features of the Ecclesia. Then we'll apply it to ourselves. Then we will, we will move forward to discuss some critical components of things that must happen to us if we ought to step into functioning as God's Ecclesia in the earth. Remember, Jesus borrowed the term. He employed a term from a secular world to mean a spiritual principle. a spiritual principle. Therefore, it is important that we discover that secular nature of the word. It's an it expanse capacity and apply it correctly. Now, The issues of intimacy, listening and power to act on behalf of the emperor. The Ecclesia was this group of people that gathered around the Roman emperor or the king and their purpose was to hear and record his words. That was one of the things they did. The purpose of this Ecclesia was to hear and record the words of the emperor. It meant intimacy. It meant that they would have come to the point where they know the emperor, emperor at the tip of their fingers. Keep that with you because we will return to that. They, they, they ensured that um, the will and the desire of the king or the emperor was being implemented across his kingdom. Now, there's one record that has it um, in the way the Romans did it, in the way the Romans did it. The Romans, for example, having conquered a territory would take about 300 families, 300 families, accomplished people within their society and send them to that territory. Now, the purpose for which they are sent is to teach and indoctrinate, basically to indoctrinate that territory with the Roman culture, just like the way the British came to Ghana and went elsewhere, the Portuguese and, and all, that is the way they operated. And these were accomplished accomplished people. Now, the purpose is to record, have intimacy with the king, hear him out, record, and ensure that his desires are implemented across the territory that he controlled and occupied. He controlled and occupied. Now, their goal is to please the king, the emperor. Their goal is to please the emperor. Now, they have no authority of their own. This group of people have no authority of their own. They carry the authority of another. That is power to act on behalf of the king and execute kingdom initiatives. We are applying them as we go. Power to act on the behalf of the king and execute kingdom Initiatives. Let's continue further. So let's look at some basic features of this Ecclesia. Some basic features of this Ecclesia. This Ecclesia was a group made up of about 6,000 men over the age of 18. 6,000 men over the age of 18. One would ask, why did they choose men? You know, the male seed is the bedrock of civilization. That is another thing to discuss altogether. The male seed is the bedrock of civilization. So it was made up of 6,000 men. Now they met regularly to discuss and vote upon new law proposals. When you saw the ecclesia within the Roman empire that was operating to extend the rule and the function of that kingdom and the desires of the emperor being implemented. It was that they met regularly, pay attention to that. They met regularly and to discuss and vote upon new law proposals. They came up with military strategies. They came up with military strategies the elected magistrates or appointed magistrates or like our judges. Now they possess the capacity to start wars and even end wars. The the group that is called the Ecclesia. So when Jesus used the term, it is important that we begin to see into it. I'm going to drill further on the Ecclesia, um, maybe in about three weeks or four weeks. I'm going to drill further and begin to expose several aspects of the Ecclesia into more details. But pay attention to this, that if Jesus applied this to the church, that he would start, in quotes, that church he called Ecclesia, and I will build my Ecclesia, and the gate of Hades shall not prevail against him. We would come back to examine why he said that in Caesarea Philippi and what it it entails as well. So they had capacity to start wars and end wars. Now, they rule along with the emperor, the king. They rule along. It was to say that out of their lives and through their lives and through their businesses, through their family institution, through their various initiatives and ideas that they implemented, as they benefited from these personal ideologies and initiatives that they implemented and ministries that they ran, it was that they ruled along with the king. And so we should begin to design our place. Let's look further. What therefore does this ecclesia presupposes? What does it mean to us? One, it, mean, it meant that ecclesia had governmental and political or ecclesia was a governmental and political ideology a school of thought and a lifestyle therefore we would say that when jesus applied it just to give you some introduction when jesus applied it in matthew chapter 16 he meant a body that will administrate his kingdom in the earth that will extend his kingdom in the earth that through our lives through our ministries, through our families, through I have and I don't have all of those situations that His kingdom will be administered, will be administered, would be applied to several situations. I want you to to take to take a copious amount of notes and and underline certain things and let's discuss after. Um, after this, after, after this present, presentation, or you can, you can interject in between and chip in, chime in. Governmental and political power, ideology, a school of thought, a movement, a lifestyle that existed within the then world. Jesus says that I will build my ecclesia. This is a, the kingdom's administrative body in the earth. When Jesus says, um, um, what does the ecclesia therefore supposed to mean? The ecclesia, like we said earlier, is not a religious term. Please pay attention to this because that single statement is loaded. The ecclesia is not a religious term. Ecclesia has no resemblance to religion. Because what that society of the day in which Jesus employed the usage and the that the usage of Ecclesia from, that society was very militaristic. That society was very, very a creative society. That society was a group of people who were very powerful group of people. That society was a people who were fearless and ruthless. When Jesus used the word, I would build my ecclesia, my, my body that will administer my government in the earth. Jesus was not referring to just some circus, some people that will gather to just play around, to just sing a song and walk away. No, no. He was referring to a very strong, dominant, militaristic, free-spirited, innovative, skilled, strong, again, respected, feared, and strategic people. That was the group of people Jesus was referring to. So it has no resemblance to the thing we know and call church. Let's push further. So he employed this secular term, the idea to express a potent force of life that is in the spirit. But this life belies our current reality of what church is. That, is, that should be a major concern to all of us. That a people who are strong, dominant, very conspicuous, vocal, militaristic, free-spirited, innovative, skilled, well-respected, feared among the society. Because these guys had capacity to be able to start a war or end a war. They had the capacity to appoint the judges on the Supreme Court, so to say. These people were a people of assent. They they didn't have a descent, they didn't have a defeatist mindset, they were not a people who were screwing for cover. Their solution to society was not one of let us pray about this thing and we abandoned it to the spirit of God. These were a people who didn't have a culture towards come, Lord Jesus, and let's leave this earth. These were not the people who were singing, this world is not my home, I'm just passing through. These were free-spirited, innovative, skilled, dominant force, strong and powerful and strategic people that live in that society. So Jesus employed the idea to express a potent spiritual force, a life in the spirit that belies our current knowing of what church is our current knowing of what church is so you would notice that in our society if any leader any of the leaders in our society begins to talk about political issues or landscape issues within our society or social structure issues suddenly you see people trying to come against him you see people trying to say all kinds of things i mean your work is to preach But you see, it is because we failed to understand the terminology in scripture. And therefore we have made ourselves available. It was something I call, um, is it advanced obedience? We made ourselves available to the society to view us through another lens. And we'll look at that surely. So we talk about Ecclesia um, um, presupposes to mean a body in love and sold to intimacy. With the king. Do you remember that they listened to the king? They recorded him. They listened to his heartbeat? They recorded him. Every step of the years actually became the heartbeat of the king. May each, each beat of our hearts be in time with his ecclesia. So the ecclesia is God's ultimate passion. It is the beloved of the king. It is the bride of our king. It is the thing that God is fixated on, not church as we know it. A friend calls church as we know it, cocky. Church as we know it, cocky. The ecclesia presupposes power, a group of people who has power to act on behalf and rule along with the king. Therefore, it was conferred upon them executive strategic authority in the earth. They had executive strategic authority in the earth. They had legislative or judicial authority in the earth. And this body was the administrative extension of heaven inside the earth. And that is what Jesus wanted us to be. Let's let's deal with one slide that deals with landscape issues, or a couple of slides, that deals with landscape issues. So there is a funk associated with the, the, um, the idea of church, story for the type of the idea of church that may stem from a combination of factors. There is this bad thing that relates to church within our society. Some of the things, maybe you wouldn't have experienced it, but I have experienced some of these things. One of them I call confusion. There is this funk of confusion that is associated with the idea of church. And it is one of big building, mega meetings, one of a place that if it has to be an ecclesia, then definitely it should be that we should have this specialized place, this specialized place that we go to, this specialized place that if we go to, God can hear us pray, this specialized place that we can go to. If we do not meet at a specialized place, then what has happened to us is that we are not a body that should be called an ecclesia, in quote, church. It should be mega big. So if you are not big, you are not a church. You are not a church, in quote. So these ideologies, and so I've had people, people, um, um, I lead a small community, and sometimes you have, you have people talking to you that they want to be in a big church, not a small church. I don't want to be in a church that I'm older than. I mean, that kind of talk. And I'm sure some of you would have heard that. Now, so it is characterized, this confusion, that fun that is associated with the idea of church, but this confusion, big building, mega meetings, a specialized place, um, and it's also characterized by certain attitudinal disposition or platitudes. Certain attitudinal disposition or platitudes. There are things we would do in our offices we never would want to do in, so, in, in, in conjunction with, with the meeting or the gathering of the saints. The seriousness and the severity and the kind of rock face that we wear that pertains to issues that relates to our businesses, our work and all, we never apply the same level of seriousness to. And this is a problem that is lateral. It is across the body. We have certain attitudes that seems to put the, wor- the world within a certain brackets and the world is never welcome to our God. Those platitudes, Those banal, insipid, tasteless attitudes and disposition must go because that is the way the world views us. There's also the issue of suspicion, negative association to the vision cast by the idea of church. Someone will ask, so what is the deal with those church scandals and you? And are you one of those? Are you related to them? So some places you mention that I'm a believer and and then you hear people uh, beginning to critique you and begin to ask all kinds of questions. And and somebody may take you to the side and school you. And um, um, some business professionals who do not fear God enough may begin to ask all kinds of questions. It is because we have made it to be so. You can see that I put church in brackets because i want you to have the idea of an ecclesia i want you to have the idea that the term that jesus employed in scripture has nothing to do with seca and Keka, which is moving in circles and merry making the true original i give you the liberty and you always have that liberty research it go out there search on the internet search the etymology find out and you'll discover Now, there's this issue, one of the functions that is also associated with the idea of church is the issue of functional irrelevance, functional irrelevance. So somebody will ask, so what exactly would you do all day or why on earth would your organization exist um, as a body that has a name, maybe testimony of Christ center, maybe Barcelona new spheres, um, um, AAA uh, ministry, BBB ministry, what on earth do you do all days? Because some, some people, um, um, their vocation is, is to spend the time with the ministry. So they have an office and they go to, and somebody asks, so what do you do the whole day spending time over there? The work of ministry is one of the most difficult and tasking ministries you can ever work, you can ever vocation, you can ever think about. So people can associate, associate irrelevance, functional irrelevance. And it is because we made it to be so. Somebody will ask, have you, you, have, you have no real bearing on, on the economy. That what we do as ministry and church has no real bearing on the economy and the political construct of the society because your place is just for the four walls of the of, of the meeting of the, the, the meeting place, and your work is just to pray. And for the past five hundred years, if you care to know, for the past five hundred years, two major solutions that um, the church, as we know it, has had for problems in our society has been to pray about it and then to say, "Come, Lord Jesus, we want to go home." You know, if you watch those war movies. I mean, those days, those war movies, and uh, there is this uh, person who has one, absolutely, absolutely no bullet even left in his gun. And um, he keep hiding and he, maybe he will put a white handkerchief to his um, gun and lift it and hold on, victory is coming, that kind of thing, I'm giving up and all. That is the thing that has become associated with um, what church, uh, church is, church as we know it. There is this issue of pity. Somebody, somebody would pity you and pity, pity me and say, you really couldn't do anything else with your life and you get involved with these things. You get involved with these things. I mean, I've heard insults that speaks to the fact, I mean, personally to me, that go and look for some, some, something else to do and not spend time with ministry. You are more better off. More better off to suspend all this ministry thing and just keep focus on your businesses. I mean, I've heard all kinds of all kinds of things, all kinds of things, and it's because it's because the measurement, the metrics by which the impact of church as we know it on our society is poor, the gauge is poor. So. Um, the current church system produces several things and several conditions, and one of them is what I call anticipatory obedience. Anticipatory obedience, and it's a headless act of conformity. It is, um, it's a term that, um, um was, brought, was brought up by one gentleman. Uh, his name is, is gone out of my head, and um, in one of his books that, um, he wrote, on the title is on. Tyranny on tyranny, he was speaking about uh, the issues of tyranny and he applied a lot of principles to current American society. I will encourage you to get it and read on tyranny. Um, It's not a very big book. And he talks about anticipatory obedience, that that, um, um, societies are brought under so much servitude and um, under Hitler such that um, um, some Jews were exposed and killed so before Hitler's team could arrive on the scene, the remaining Jews were already giving up and have lifted their hands and surrendered. And it's a headless act of conformity. It's a voluntary extension of oneself to men, not to Christ, submission in a way. I'm not talking about submission, submitting to leaders, which is, which is the right and honor to leaders and honor, honoring of one another. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the headless, conformity act, which does not see Christ as king, but men as king, which places men before, before um, um, everything. It's an, it, this system that we are describing because of the wrong understanding of terminology, it has produced a lot of accidental millionaires and accidental followers. Uh, Sorry, that's accidental millionaires. Sorry, I ever read a book and I think I have it somewhere on my shelf. (laughs) Accidental millionaires. I'm talking about accidental leaders. Accidental leaders and accidental followers. Because people do not really want to be in certain environment, but because of the headless act of anticipatory obedience, we have people who have no bearing, who have no capacity, to bring leadership and, and have no real sense of the eternal purpose um, beginning to fill spaces because somebody must do something in a way. Um, um, this thing produces um, uh, a place of compromised values, faith and the principle of freedom in Christ is far removed. Underline that principle of freedom. That principle of freedom is a chief and governing principle that must permeate every um, environment, being an apostolic environment. If you talk about kingdom, the principle of freedom, liberty, must be. I remember in one of the teaching sessions, um, was it Temi? Temi is not with, her, with us uh, out of Nigeria. She's not with us this evening. And Temi was saying that she knows of situations where the pastor will have to determine where the husband sleeps, with, when, at what time the husband goes to bed with the wife. You have destroyed your freedom. You are not free. You are not at liberty. If your pastor does not approve of this thing that you ought to do, it means that you have no capacity to execute. That is totally wrong. A people must be allowed to have the liberty to function and live powerfully because because we all have the mind of Christ and we can all hear, hear um, him. Listen, now the, this level of misappropriation, all of that I describe as a level of misappropriation does not only hurt individuals, but like Zedekiah, it destroys much good. You know, Zedekiah, um, there was a situation in his life where, uh, was it Jeconiah or somebody, who um, the king of Babylon came to visit. And then um, when the king of Babylon had left, the prophet went to um, the king, uh, you know, Zedekiah or Jeconiah, and, uh, but Zedekiah is linked to the story. And um, um, uh, the prophet asked, what who were those who came to you and he said the a king of Babylon? What did he see? He, he said he saw everything. He saw everything in the temple. He said, Whoa, because of that, you are going to go into slavery. You would, and he begged God and God forgive him and said, This will happen in your generations to come. So um it happens that Zedekiah was taken, they gorge out his eyes. Before they gorge out his eyes, actually, they kill his sons before him, they sacrifice his sons before him destroyed the the nest seed and nest capacity of leadership and civilization was totally gone. And if we look at the landscape today, as much as it's giving some level of miracles, it's producing some level of hope, it is destroying much good than what it ought to be producing, than what it ought to be producing. Now, uh, this is another set of presentation. I'm doing just introductions today. Next week, I'm going to go into properly pioneering sight and um, the issue of seeing Christ. Because there is no way, let me run a bit ahead of myself. There is no way we can constitute a functional living body, ultra, ultra a practical living body without the sight of Christ, without properly discovering who he is. So let's talk, about pioneering side. Now, in that society called Israel, when Jesus had come on the scene, everybody was anticipating. They were anticipating that Christ would come, and He would sit on the throne of David, and He would govern and rule and lead them to reclaim their throne and dominion from the Romans. So, you remember the questions for from the disciples to Christ. said, "When?" Um, when would the kingdom be restored to us? When would the kingdom be restored to us? You remember that question? It was seemingly a very clear question that was pointing to physical rulership and governor. But God says that I've set my king in Zion. So everybody is looking out to see Christ. And it happened that their sight was wrongly applied. So look at it. So there's a major concern in our day. And this is the malady of blindness. They call it spiritual blindness. This malady, um, like somebody described says that the battles of this end time is going to be the battle of sight and blindness. It is something to underscore. The battle of the end times will be the battle of sight and blindness. Who is seeing Christ correctly? who is seeing him actually and seeing him correctly so what we see is that we are seeing this blindness run rife and it's pervaded and it is a pharisee spirit that is vigorously at work to bar access to knowledge jesus speaks of blind guides leaders who bar people from accessing god and his boundless resources, which is Christ. He speaks in the book of Matthew. He says that blind guides you do not step into the kingdom, but you close the door. You shut the door of the kingdom to people. You shut the door of the kingdom. So the issue of blindness and seeing correctly, just continue to think carefully about where we are coming from, where we are coming from where we are coming from um, in this teaching and you will appreciate that we have we are looking at the issue of ecclesia and this thing is expanding as it expands there's a need that our sight needs to be calibrated properly and the person that we need to see is christ unfortunately there's blindness in the system there's blindness in the system the blindness or what i call darkness is bringing into, into many of our churches, as we know it, the tolerance of evil, which is leaving the church defeated, without power, with no testimony, no proclamation, and we are mocked on several way, in, in several, several ways. I mean, if you look through scripture and you look at some of the miracles, you look at some of the occurrences, I mean, prison doors that are opening. now. Um, you look at the manifestation of miracles. You know that in the book of Acts chapter 10, when they prayed and asked that God will release Peter and they were locked up so much in, P, uh, in prayer that when Peter was released, um, the conversation was that this, this, this is the angel of Peter. They assumed it was the angel of Peter. Do you know that by that statement, it was very clear that the occurrence of angels was normal within their world. But in our system today, we still have a lot of work to do. The blindness or this blindness is a spiritual reality that impacts upon the arrangement of our existence, spiritually, physically, every arrangement. If we are blind, it will determine the way we will function. I need to rush through this. I need to rush through this um, so that we can have some interactions for about 50, 40 to 50 minutes. This blindness has been held in place and is pursued by a demonic prince or a principality that keeps the agenda of perpetuating weak spiritual forms, weak spiritual forms. It is demonic and it seeks to perpetuate weak spiritual forms, weak teachings, slanted teachings, slanted leaders, weak believers, and structures within the body, and structures within the body. And it ought to be removed. Across the nations, this blindness, they are suffering of it as well. Across the nations, this blindness continue to be the reality. In the book of Isaiah, it says, for behold, Isaiah 60, the verse 2 through 3, it says, for behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you. So it's expected that within within the, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, we will actually be the beacon of hope and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your rising. Like I just said, the body of Christ, the kingdom ecclesia, which is supposed to be the beacon of hope, light, and life-giving source for the nations or to the nations, is also bedeviled by this spiritual blindness. Let's, let's push further and look at some scriptures. And now there's a scripture down there. And I'm going to come back to it. Um, I'm going to come back to this scripture. Just pay attention to it. Let me go back uh, to it quickly. Isaiah chapter 42, the verse 18 through 25. I'll come back to this scripture and you will be amazed. You will be amazed. Now look at it. Let's look at this scripture. Imperatives for seeing Christ. Why is it important that we see Christ and we see correctly? If we fail to see correctly, some things happen to us the book of Jeremiah chapter 8, 7 through 10, even the stock pay attention to the, the context of the language. Even God begins to juxtapose, put side by side human beings, well-dignified human beings to, to bears, animals. Even the stock in the heavens knows her appointed times and the turtle dove, the swift, the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. That word judgment is also the word requirement. Judgment is also the word requirement and the word is mishpat. There is no time to go into that. The verse eight, how can you say, God begins to question the wisdom of of the present day. How can you say we are wise and the law of God is with us? Look, the false pen of the scribe, scribe speaks of teaching or teachers. The false pen of the scribe certainly works falsehood. The wise men, wise men, speaks of of um, apostolic ability and prophetic functionality. So God is addressing several strong things within the structures of the body. The wise men are ashamed; they are dismayed and taken. Now, if we fail to see correctly, we are taken. I don't know what translation you have and what it will say. We are dismayed, broken, and taken. The wise men are dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. Remember the word mishpat, the word judgment? That word is also being applied here to mean the word of the Lord. So God asks, what wisdom do you have? What wisdom do you have? It says, therefore, the result of this position of not seeing correctly, not judging correctly, not beholding correctly, not seeing Christ is going to lead to a very detrimental case, which is therefore I will give their wives to others and nobody wants to lose his or her wife. Oh, sorry, his wife, not her. <laughs> therefore, I will give their wives to others and their field to those who will inherit them. Now, you know, wife, Field field speaks of of the thing that brings you productivity, business, and all. It speaks of business and all. Wife speaks of the productive capacity. I mean your ability to continue to be fruitful. I'll give your capacity of fruitfulness out to others, and I'll give your field of business that yields you income, finances, wealth. I'll give them to those who will inherit them. Because from the least even to the greatest, everyone is given to covetousness. He's describing some serious issues we can't discuss right now, given to covetousness from the prophet even to the priest, from the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. Let's move further. Imperatives for seeing Christ and seeing correctly. 11, 12, and then 13, for they have healed the head. Of, my daughter, of the daughter of my people slightly saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. You can clearly see that there is a very false prophetic functionality that is in operation uh, um, 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 and false healing dimensions that is in operation where we ought to see authentic, explosive, rapturous encounters of healing. Those things do not exist. The manner in which the scriptures define them. And it should lead you and I to a place of dead spiritual hunger. Where we will we will have a hunger that is higher than the danger, and step in and begin to ask God to find us and constitute us as an ecclesia and unleash us for a functional existence within the earth. Now listen, they have healed the head of my daughter, the daughter of my people, slightly, saying, peace, peace when there is no peace. 12. Where they where they are ashamed when they had committed abomination, no. No sin, weak forms, tolerance of evil are taken over. They were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore, they shall, fall, um, they shall fall among those who fall. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. In the time of their punishment, they shall be cast they shall be cast down says the lord 13 i will surely consume them says the lord i will surely consume them no grapes shall be on the vine very serious um, um, situation no figs on the fig tree and the leaf shall fade, and the things i have given them shall pass away from them my god i don't want to live in that place Therefore, I want to trust God for my sight to be enhanced. Listen to me, imperatives for seeing Christ and see you correctly. We are discovering that accurate sight of Christ is linked to our spiritual, sorry, our safety and protection. If we see correctly, then we are safe and we are protected. We saw that in the verses, relevant and functional action is hinged upon accurate sight. They have healed my daughter's ailment, head slightly. There shouldn't be any. I think in, in the same chapter eight, it said, um, is there no balm in Gilead? Jeremiah, it says, is there no balm in Gilead? Or, um, or Isaiah, one of those. It says, is there no balm in Gilead? Why have they healed my daughter's ailment slightly? Isaiah chapter eight. Is there no balm in Gilead? Why, why, the question is why have they healed? Why have they prophesied wrongly? Why have they said peace when there's actually no peace? Our seeing currently Christ will lead to relevant functionality and action. Remember the Ecclesia, they were a people that administrated on behalf of the king. Let's move further. We are learning that our sight is directly linked to our economic well-being and prosperity. Therefore, I'll give their wives, their fields. If we see correctly, our economic well-being and prosperity booms. The issue of sustained, prolonged capacity of fruitfulness, divine increase and solution. I will explain. The issue of prolonged capacity of fruitfulness. Divine increase and solution lives in proximity, proximity to accurate sight. Sorry for the typo. Lives, to, lives within the proximity of accurate sight of Christ, where we actually behold correctly what God is doing. So the question is, what is God doing today? One of the things he's doing, or the major thing he's doing, is called kingdom. And out of the kingdom, there's an institution called ecclesia, kingdom ecclesia. That is being unleashed in the earth. Now Jeremiah chapter eight, the verse thirteen says that there will not be there will not be fruits on the on the fig, and there will not be um, grapes in the vine. And you know that it is the 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 wine is in the cluster of the grapes. Several things to underscore out of that: the wine is within the cluster of the grapes, and the grapes speaks of several dimensions, several dimensions of life's spiritual existence. The increase of the fig tree, the fig tree is symbolic of the body of Christ. So the issue of both divine increase of productivity and the issue of increase in terms of our capacity, functional capacity that redounds to create impact, all of those things are removed. On the issue of fruits, fruits being food and solution, fruits being food and solution, Those things are all terminated and removed. So our spiritual journey and our arrival at a Zion position, that is leaving the ecclesia. That is, we are the ecclesia. That is, we become the ecclesia of God. That Zion position, the journey to that place, that is the building and the development of processes that must take place within our churches, within our lives, and that will continue to happen in the future. That, the, those, those building capacities that will be released upon us is directly linked to our accurate sight of God's dealings in the earth. Even the stock, the, 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 the swallow, the turtle, the trash, they observe, they know, the changing times and seasons, but my people do not understand the requirements of the Lord. Therefore, I will give them over. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 42 and look at, just look at this way. I'm not going to um, say so much about it. Let me see the time. Okay, I have some five, 10 minutes more. Then we can get into a conversation. This spiritual malady, the blindness, let's look at the reason and let's look at the results. Isaiah chapter 42, 19 through uh, 22. Listen, it says, it says, who is blind? Pay attention to this verse. This is one of my favorite verses (laughs) in scripture. Who is blind but my servant Israel? Now remember that Israel is um, the body of Christ. It also refers to Israel. The church is Israel. Who is blind but my servant? Now we can also say who is blind my servant? The prophets, the apostles, the evangelists, the leaders, the the, the church goers, the, the born again believer, me, you, we could fall into that category if our sight is not calibrated. We could, any of us, could be susceptible to this lifestyle. Who is blind but my servant Israel? Or death like my messenger whom I send? I mean, look at the paradox. I call it a baffling reality, a baffling, unsettling concern. Servant of the Most High God, blind. Who is death? He said, my servant whom I sent. So, so, so how did this servant receive instruction to go? The servant is death and he's on a mission. Hmm. What did he hear? What will he say? Who is blind like the one who is at peace with me? Who has been admitted to covenant relationship with me? Now you realize that this is not speaking about the hidden. Is actually speaking about the body of believers. Yes, who is blind like the lost servant? I mean, the Lord stresses again: Who is blind like the lost servant? Twenty. You have seen many things, but you do not observe or apprehend their true meaning. His ears are open, but he cannot. He he hears not. The verse twenty-one. It was the Lord's pleasure for his righteousness sake in accordance with his steadfast and consistent purpose to magnify instruction and revelation and, be glor- and, and, and glorify them. Now, do you see the position of God? God has no element in him to keep us blind. Rather to lead us to a place of magnified seeing, magnified hearing, and the glorification of his word. But there is a paradoxical position. Who is blind? Who is deaf? Look at, look at the verse 22. It says, but this now, so the scriptures continue to describe the condition of these people who are blind, who are deaf. But this is a people robbed and planted. They are all, they, 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 they are all of them snared in holes and hidden in houses of bondage. They have become a prey with no one to deliver them, a spoil with no one to say, restore them. And I highlighted the word restore um, for a purpose. This shows the condition that will ensue as Israel's punishment for not recognizing the servant of the Lord and the day of his visitation. Now, do you remember the words, do you see that the word servant is actually uh, the X is in caps, but it's referring to Christ. It's referring to Christ, that the failure to recognize and see Christ leads to all of this plundering and robbery and and ensnared in holes and living in houses, spiritual houses of bondage, being led by some spiritual warden who seems to um, um, have the solution to offense. Verse 24, you jump to the verse 24. Who gave up Jacob, the kingdom of Judah to for spoil and the kingdom of Israel to robbers? Was it not the Lord, he against whom we of Judah have sinned and in whose ways they of Israel would not walk? There are several nuances built into these verses. Neither were they obedient to his law and his teachings now if you read hosea chapter 5 11, it says that ephraim ephraim has been in bondage and oppressed because he walked by human opinion that is where we seem to have found ourselves 25 therefore he poured he poured upon them israel the fierceness of his anger and the fierceness of his anger and the strength of battle. I mean, God just poured, poured overwhelming battles upon a people who cannot see correctly and see Christ correctly. And, and it set him on fire run about, yet he know not the lessons of repentance which Assyria conquest was intended to teach. It burned them, but he did not lay it to heart. I mean, what a wonderful passage, what a wonderful scripture to look at. Now, I'm going to pull a few principles and then we, we interact. So this is the point. This is why did I have to do pioneering sight? Do an introduction to pioneering sight. Remember, I said in Israel, everybody was expecting to see Christ. Everybody was expecting the arrival of Christ. And Israel was under the under the dominance of this Roman empire. And uh, they expected the Christ, who has been prophesied to come and deliver them. They were looking for a political messiah. They were looking for a political messiah. Now, Peter was the very first person to say you are the Christ. And therefore we start talking about pioneering sites. And we're going to drill further next week and begin to look at Peter's statement and the issue of pioneering side and what can drive us as a people where we live, work and play to a functional existence. Listen, if we have to leave the Ecclesia, it is not wrong English. If we have to leave the Ecclesia, that is to say, we are the Ecclesia. One of the major processes that must take place within us and must continue to happen is that we must come to a more and more refined sight of Christ, seeing Christ. And we are dealing with a movement from religion, religious positions to revelatory life. We are dealing with a movement from religion, religious positions, its platitudes, its banal, insipid nature, insipid nature, We are dealing with that to a revelatory life in Christ. And therefore, we can only stand and move on and continue to stand by revelation of Christ. This, don't lose it. If you study scripture, in school of in in what I do in prophetic training, there is this course that I I could usually do for three weeks, two hours every session. And um, that course is growing through the word of God. And that course, there is a portion of it that speaks to those of you who are on this call who have attended, you know, there's a portion that speaks to the grand theme of scripture. Now, Jesus Christ is not some historical figure. It's not some 2000 years ago personality that we are, we are going to explore in this discourse. The significance and the, 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 the comprehensiveness of Christ is far-reaching and it fuels all things. It fuels all things. So it is imperative for us to uphold a very clear, distinct, distinct side, sight, distinct side, not distinct, distinct of Christ, distinct side of Christ and His significance that chiefly occupies every sphere. It is important that we hold that and we move in that. So the nations, the entire nation of Israel was expecting Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. They were. They were, in fact, looking for a political Messiah, but Christ didn't come in that order. He came in that revolutionary functionality capacity that they ought to embrace. The nations of the earth are also looking up to him. He's coming. The desire of the age, as scripture described in Haggai, it says that, and I will shake the nations and... Uh, they shall come to the desire of the nations. And I will fill the temple with my glory, says the Lord of hosts. Um, If you read the Old King James, it says that, and I will shake the nations and the desire of the nations shall come. And that is a very direct prophetic word concerning Christ. The desire of the nations shall come. So therefore Christ is the only one who will bring about transformation of all the arrangement of human life Upon the earth, he is the only one, the revelation of him who will bring the transformation that is required. We also desire to see the Christ that is appointed for us in Acts chapter 3 19, 21, I think the verse 21 says that, that he will send to us the Christ who has been appointed for, for us. So, I'm going to stop here, friends, and we let's get into a discourse let's get into a discourse. What did you hear? What did you see? What provoked you? What are we, I'm going to go way back. What are we discussing here? We are looking at the issue of Ecclesia. We are looking at the issue of rediscovering God's original Ecclesia. Issues of authentic, relevant, functional living where we live, work and play. We've looked at In this discourse, we've looked at what is this brief history of the Ecclesia, the term which was actually started by the Greeks, adopted by the Romans, expanded and made um, a very ultra super reality of the Roman empire that worked along with the the emperor or the king to extend his reach and rule. And we said that, If we are going to step into this, then there must be a certain reality happening to us that we need to come to a refined side of Christ because everything is built on that. So um, you can open your mics and let's have a discourse. Thank you so much. What did you hear? What's your thoughts? What provoked you? I hope you've been listening. I hope you've been following. Who wants to start it? Or I would be the... uh, Okay, Sam. Sam, your microphone, I, I actually turn you off. Your microphone is giving some feedback. So if you are using a headset, maybe you consider unplugging the headset to see if you can, you can, you can come out a bit more great for, for everybody to hear you. Okay. There's a little noise in the background, but I think it's better. So shoot, shoot. Shoot, shoot, shoot. Shoot. Ah, uh, it's, it's frogs, around here. Okay, I now realize. So there are some frogs in the background. All right, go ahead. Sam, we can't hear anything from your end at all. That, that's how we... You are breaking. You are breaking. So who, who wants to speak to this? What did you hear? What are some of the things that, um, or you you feel like asking a question about? Veronica and um, my dear friend, I think, what's her name? Um, um, Cleo Guerrero out of
2: uh Hello. hi Hello. yeah so good evening good evening um i have just um a little challenge All see, right. um, where i used to go to church you know um i used to do a lot of praise and worship and okay. Uh, I really love doing that. I've been doing that since I was like six years yeah. old. And so um, in this new, in, 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 in discovering the true purpose of the, ex- the ecclesia, the true church, I mean, how God intended the church to be in this new discovery, uh, I I am um, a little... Um, how do I say it? I'm a little confused as okay. to where someone like me fits in, okay? Okay, this equation because, um, I find myself uh, not doing the things I love doing, mm-hmm. you understand, and mm-hmm. uh i i don't know where to place myself and i really want to do it and do it right right i don't i don't want to go back and do it for the wrong reasons or do it the wrong way like how i used to i want to do if i'm going to do this again i must get it right so um how do i do it and get it right
0: okay now there's a question on the floor not to me alone but i believe all of us have capacity to speak to To speak to these things. All of us have capacity to speak to these things. Now, um, this is what I'm going to start with. Hello. First of all,
2: okay.
0: yes. First of all, there is a gift, and this to all of us. There is it's a gift that God has given you. That gift has expression when there is a gathering of the people that gives us expression in this modern world, where you can put a lot of recording out and shoot it out. Um, the idea of the Ecclesia is not saying that there should not be a meeting in, in a, um, in a location because of course we'll be meeting where we live. People will meet where they live. Where they work, where they play. I remember I parked, I parked my car. I was writing exams a few years, so I, where I parked my car was um, somewhere in Accra. And I finished exams to come and pick my car, and I saw these uh, workers who were on break, and they used that, um, the top of the car park as a prayer, as a as a time of prayer. Some of them were singing, and all. Oh, We are not saying that there should not be singing, but we are dealing with how we can become uh, more and more functional. So don't kill it, don't undo it to say that, okay, so this whole thing doesn't have anything to do with the ecclesia. There is the place of music within the dealings of God. The purpose of music is broad and huge. God is a God that loves that we make merry. That is one. Music has its place in terms of worship as well, healing, therapeutic nature of music and all. So I personally, in discovering truth about Ecclesia that is supposed to empower the believer to be relevant wherever you find yourself, I do not speak to the fact that you don't have to sing. As a matter of fact, those who know me very well knows that um, I'm a worship leader and I sing very well. And as a matter of fact, I have some songs even written that are there, yes. So nobody should convince you otherwise that music and singing is not a part. Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, what did they do? They sang hymns and the prison began to shake when you you look at the worship dynamics that exist scripturally and in fact this is the point let me let me let me underscore a very strong point and then leave it there isaiah chapter 9 it says that he shall sit upon the throne of david what are the various characteristics of the throne of david apart from rulership government and and innovations that goes with it one of the key things you see with the throne of David is this issue of worship, exalting the king, enthronement of the king. And by that singing, our singing and our worship has to allow for that signature of God's enthronement through it. So um, I don't know where you fellowship now. I don't know um, where you go now um Ecclesia is not saying shut down the meetings but what Ecclesia is saying is that let's return to a place of proper functioning okay. so where we live where we play where we meet where we work we should be able to leave this thing relevantly I hope I'm able to give you some 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 bit of ideas so and also make some music make some music uh, uh, prepare an power. <laughs>
2: <laughs> i actually i actually don't just sing i i compose as well uh-huh. so um, it's, it's it's something like a gift that uh I, I realized i had at a very 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 tender age good and and I've, I've kind of nurtured it and i've been blessed to sing on not only in the church but other platforms you Beautiful. know where They are like in Ghana, the National Theatre and all these places. So, you know, I was just finding it a little difficult um, understanding my place. Knowing Mm -hmm. now, what I know now, knowing what I know now, I was just finding it difficult. um, Understanding what exactly my place is or my role is. So, I think you have given me some understanding. That.
0: beautiful so let me quickly say this before somebody comes in any form of kingdom teaching any form of kingdom teaching any form of teaching on ecclesia that that, that um, um, leads to you becoming a weak form and not empowering you to grow and expand in the gift and the calling of God upon your life that thing is faulty that thing has a problem the discovery of ecclesia is supposed to make us relevant so now i can take my music i can take my artistic work and begin to build strategies into it and allow it for impact within society within the little group of people or the group big group of people that we find ourselves in so it's beautiful Jesus sits upon the throne of David. However, we need to understand music also well. because some people would also think that if I don't sing two songs, three songs, four songs, um, then my worship was not done. If there was not a guitar and there was not um, a keyboard in the meeting, then, the meeting is incomplete. That is also another lie of the devil. If we look at our original existence, and I point you to Adam, how many songs did Adam sing when they got interactive with God? No, Bible says God came in the cool of the garden, and they interacted. So we need to, we need to understand the rule of this thing because music is therapeutic. Music um 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 um, can can become a source of teaching um there is this song that i was playing just before we started a meeting and if you listen to the words of the song you will you will you you, you are you you are uh, let me just let me just permit me let me just take that and share it before somebody comes in Um, um let me see if i can just find it i pushed it somewhere to one of my um yeah It says, um, capable God, some of you may know it, capable God. What can't you do? What won't you do? Nothing impossible, nothing impossible. What can't you do? What can't you do? What won't you do? Nothing impossible with our God. You do not lie. You do not fail. what is hard for you. And this is scripture. There's a song that I love so much by Julie True. And um, she's literally singing Psalm 139. Beautiful. She takes a whole back. And, 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 um, um, Vero, that is something you may want to desire for God to bring you into. I, 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 I love music that somebody can take. I love poetic music. I love, I love very poetic, strong poetic music. At the same time, I love somebody can take scripture and just sing the whole scripture through. Julie True has grace and can sing a number of those things. A a lady like Grace Williams is very poetic and will sing things in certain dynamics. Freddie Haler will sing things with poetic nature. But if you check scripture, they are grounded. It is time that some of these, um, excuse my language, excuse my French, in Pyeboy and Yamir Drew's type of songs it almost disappear. We, sit, we sing real, authentic music that is bred by heaven. Thank you. Thank you. Who is there? Let's, let's we, have, we have almost about, about 30 minutes, but let's just use some 10 minutes, have interaction. What did you hear? I may have to become the schoolmaster and point out. Mr. Godwin, are you there? You wanna share some thoughts? Theo, are you there? Do you want to share some thoughts? Uncle Paul, Uncle Paul, are you there? Oh, everybody is quiet. All right. Okay. Hi,
3: Mark. Can you hear me? <laughs>
0: Yes, we can hear you.
3: Thank you for your for your message. I just I just got the last part. I'm sorry. I, I think I got confused again with the time. That's the time point. difference. I'm sorry. Mm. Uh, I, I heard something that called my attention. You said that in order for us to start leaving in out of religion and in this new way of living and understanding things, one of the most important things is to rediscover or have a new vision about the Lord, about Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Because you mentioned that it seems that in that time when he came, he was expected to be a political mm. figure, mm. and mm. and so my question maybe it's um, how can we start? to, I mean, where do we start?
0: Where do we start? Okay. In order
3: for to change, maybe the vision,
0: okay.
3: or what you—I don't know what you were meaning when you were when you said that.
0: That's good. It's a very good question. It's a very good question. It it um it doesn't matter. We, we can still answer some parts of it now and share some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I want to leave it open. I mean. How do we start seeing Christ afresh? Friends, I'm not the only person speaking. We, are all, we all have the mind of Christ. And you have been, each of us have been discovering Christ in new ways and fresh ways, and viewing things from fresh ways. Something has been happening in your heart. What has been the process? Who wants to chime in with one or two? Some. Who wants to, who wants to? Okay, let me just um, throw in a couple of them. The church in Ephesus is a high voltage powered church. If you look at the very letter Paul wrote to the church church in Ephesus in the book of um, Ephesians, um, look at the discourse, look at the other churches. You realize that the things Paul shared in those uh, passages are actually high voltage. However, Paul underscored a major concern in chapter one, and um, sight of Christ does not start with our brains. It is a revelational, and it starts with our spirit. The point of revelation is uncovering of uh, uncovering something that exists that ordinarily has been covered earlier. So Paul said. In Ephesians 1, it says, ever since I heard of your faith and your love for the saints, I never ceased to pray for you by asking the Father of glory, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge in him. So the first thing I underscored is that sight, Fresh sight of Christ is a thing of the spirit. It has to be an interaction upon your spirit. The second thing that I'm underscoring is that sight of Christ has to be by God given. It says that that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ will grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelational knowledge in him. Now this revelation is not revelation in, in any other thing but of, of Christ, of him. Thirdly, it says that this revelational knowledge is going to provoke your spirit that you begin to see. This is what it says. It says that that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. that word used there for enlightening is is the Greek word from which we got the word photo flash. It means photo flash. It's like the lightning of God, a spiritual act of the Holy Spirit. So we must all depend on the Holy Spirit, pray and ask God for this. Give me the spirit of wisdom, revelational knowledge in you, not in our culture. Because one of the things that blinds us when we talk about religion one of the thing is culture one of the thing is tradition one of the thing is slanted belief system this is the way it has been done all this while and it will continue to be but when the photo flash of god's light hit your spirit it is out of that where the word is fortizo it is out of that where you have the word also photo that you, the word fortizo means that you begin to like you tune in if you know a little about photography You tune in the focus in order for the blurred lines, the the blurred bouquets to fall behind so that you can zero in on the exactness of the image. I don't know, I used to do photography so many years back and I noticed that when we want to focus, sometimes we have to gauge the button. When you're looking through the lens, you have to look at the button on the person's dress or look at a pointer on the object or maybe the belt hook, so that you use that to gauge. Once the blur lines fall off that particular center, you will notice that the image gains clarity. So it is the act of the spirit of God that must come into your world. Now I'm going to teach. Now I'm going to teach in in shaping side um, in CPC, and I'm going to talk about some of these things. So let me pull another principle there we need to step beyond ourselves. We need to go beyond the kind of materials you read, the kind of things that informs your understanding, the books that you read. We need to go beyond our tribes because there is a way in which if I am around just a certain group of people, that that influences the way I think and behave over a period of time. So there is a need that, I deliberately construct my work in order to gain more access of light into my world. So several dynamics, allowing the Holy Spirit to work upon you, the kind of relationship, because um, it has to take Ananias to pray for Paul, for Paul to begin to see. So there are people that will come into your world that will begin to cause your sight to dilate and have the image of Christ well pixelated before you. These are some of the things um, I, can, I, can, I can speak to. In we shaping um, our sight correctly um, of Christ, because Jesus Christ. Now, now, there is a need that we discover Christ. So I'm going to talk about Christ um, in the next few weeks. I'm going to really, really, really talk about Christ. I'm really going to explain some things about Christ, the significance of Christ. I'm going to talk about his comprehensiveness, all his altruistic nature. I'm going to talk about his um, his um, um, extraordinary um, uh, nature. I'm going to talk about all of that, all of that. So um, in discovering that it continues to make you see Christ correctly and judge him correctly. I hope I've been able to provide you some understanding.
3: Yes, it was really helpful. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. You're you're connecting from, um, which country is that? I forgot. From Chile from, all the way Chile. from Chile. Yeah, from, Chile. From Latin Latin America. Yes, 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 yes.
3: <laughs>
0: this is not a name. I have part of this name on my phone, but the the is it Claudia? Claude? Claude? Claude Claudia? Yes. yes. Claudia. Yes, good. Yes. Claudia
3: is just my nickname, but oh. Claudia is is the full name.
0: Beautiful, beautiful.
3: So, my every every Thursday, right? Is... Yes,
0: this will be happening every Thursday um expect to receive the link um, the okay. link to just register you know when people register it makes it easy for the process to be managed
3: but, but do we have to register every time or just one time and then
0: we get the link um almost every time you have to register so i'm um, after this meeting i'm okay. going to send i'm going to send the audio out for you to download
3: uh-huh um,
0: if in fact I'll send both the video and the audio out. Um, no, let me not bother you so much. I'll send the audio out, and then I'll send the link for registration as well with it. You just hit the link within two minutes or a minute, you are done. And if you have so, the auto auto feel, once you hit the auto fill, it populates it, and you so, are thank you, you are done. Time. You can share it with friends. You can invite people to come into this conversation. Um, yes every thursday
3: it's just a bit hard to find people who speaks english but
0: uh, yeah i think i may <laughs> have to start learning spanish as well <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice <laughs> uh, i know of one that is uh tristy por something something i i don't i don't know is, it, to, name? Uh, is it a I, name you know, it, it, it says uh, "triste," like sad or something. Was that?
3: Ah, triste. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Triste. Sad. I used
0: to. No, I used to have Spanish tutorials. I have uh, the tutorials and French tutorials ah, really? on my com- on my computer. A whole bunch, complete. Wow. Yes, but I've I've not been serious, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful.
3: Thank you.
0: Great. 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 So. Pastor Sam, I saw you were back. Are you good now? Do you want to make your comment now? So, um, um, whilst whoever be, we'll be wrapping up in the next five minutes, your microphone is noisy. Your microphone is noisy, Pastor Sam. Um, you see, we need to discover the centrality and the supremacy of Christ. The centrality and the supremacy of Christ. Let me just run a little ahead of myself um, following up again on uh, Claudia's um, question, we need to discover the centrality and the supremacy of Christ. And I made a comment and maybe uh, Claudia, you got in after, uh, the, uh, after I made a comment. And it was that Jesus Christ is not a historical figure. Immediately we begin to see Jesus Christ as a historical figure 2000 years ago, we've totally lost it. We have to see his centrality and his, his um, um, significance in all of eternal history, in all of eternal history, which will border on his supremacy, and I'll try to speak to that, which will border on his universality, which will border on his altruistic nature, which will border on his comprehensiveness. If we discover these things, I mean. Um, for example, you can't have any good and strong prophetic functionality if this bedrock is not planted in you correctly. It ought to be the significant thing. So, to discover Christ, we need to also learn of Him. His revelation is littered throughout Scripture, from Genesis to the Book of Revelation. Every single chapter of the Bible, when you flip it, you will discover Christ. If I start off from Genesis right now and we may not end. But look at it, in Genesis, you find they said, let there be light, and he was the light. And so you read just after that, and God made light to govern the day, and made the moon and to govern the night, and he caused the light that governed the day, the sun, and the one that governs the night, the moon. And that is the revelation of Christ. If you flip to chapter two, you will still see him. In fact, in chapter one, in genesis chapter 1 the verse 26 again i can continue to name them the bible says that and let us who was god talking to god was not having a conversation with angels god was speaking to the category of the godhead let us and that word god was actually used in the plural context it's the word ohim ohim and ohim is made of two words it it speaks of the comprehensive nature and uh, all um uh, the trial nature of god if you flip to chapter two you will still see him if you flip to chapter three verse 15 you will see him it says that and the snake will crush the head of the serpent and um, sorry look at me and the, the 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 snake will bite the heel of the sun and the son of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. And that is the significant thing that happened on the cross when he bruised him on the cross and he crushed his head and declared, it is finished. Let me fast forward. Jesus Christ is the grand theme of the Bible. He is the grand theme of everything. He is an eternal reality upon which everything is built. If you look at Hebrews chapter 1, I'm just flipping through the things in my mind. Hebrews chapter 1, it says that in the times past, God has spoken through the fathers, through, through the prophets and all, but now he has spoken through his son, who is the express image of him. And it says that for Christ have held everything in place by the word of his mouth. Look at this, this one in Hebrews 11. The verse 3 says, for by faith we understand that the worlds were crafted, the unseen were crafted out by the word of God. John chapter 1, the verse 1, in the beginning was, was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Without him, nothing that we see, that is created, that is made, in him was light, and the light shine in, in, the, in, the, in the darkness, and darkness could not comprehend it. In the beginning, in Proverbs, it says, I wisdom, is." He's depicted, it says, I wisdom dwells with, with knowledge to find out about waiting inventions push forward. I mean, throughout scripture, I can just continue to look for him Every in Leviticus. He is the two beds, he, he is the goat. One of them is killed and the other is released into the wilderness. In, he is the bed, one is killed and one is released. It is the death and the resurrection. This man, is symbolizing David, and you find him all across. So he says he shall sit upon the throne of David. In the book of Revelation, when you study the book of Revelation, he is the grand team. You see the place where Jesus Christ is reigning and ruling over all the governance systems of the earth. You cannot function in this life without him. There is a need to study him. And he is in, in, inexhaustive. You cannot finish teaching about him. Even as we may want to talk about, about his comprehensiveness and his significance and his centrality, there is no way we can exhaust him. My God. Friends, our time. Claudia, thank you for that question. I've just been holding myself, but I need to just drop it. I need to just drop it. Thank you. So, friends, if there is no any further questions, we're going to close here. We're going to end here. We're going to hold it here. And in uh, okay, somebody. Yes. Dio, okay, you um, go, go. My
1: co-host, go. Yes, Pastor Mark. Um, yeah, I think the um, uh, the scripture, you know, uh, the main scripture we looked at uh what jesus said that i am building my ecclesia mm-hmm. and um, and the gate of hell shall not prevail against it mm-hmm. and then when you go on uh, i think that's in matthew chapter sixteen verse sixteen downwards yeah and then when you go on he says that that and then i will give unto you the the keys Give to you the keys uh, of heaven or something. Yeah. So, yeah, so what I say is that, uh, uh, but before that, he asked them, who do men say I am?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, and then Peter said that you are the Christ. So, when Peter made that statement, then Jesus went on, you know, to uh, I mean, to say that I am building my church and the gates of faith shall not prevail against it and blah, 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 and all that. So, which means that there is something about getting to know him. There is something about getting to know the essence of who Christ is. So, once we, 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 we continue to grow, in that knowledge of Him, and 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 that knowledge, uh, which refers to an um, experiential knowledge, getting to know Him beyond uh, just mental assent, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. getting to know Him um, just beyond, I mean, know, knowing Him beyond a mental. Uh, knowledge, you know, he says that there is something that um, comes or that is attached to acquiring such a revelational knowledge of him, and it, it, so I think it's, it's going to be exciting, you know, getting to uh, um, learn more getting to be taught more, right? Because how do we know him? One way is through what we are doing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, knowledge being imparted by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm praying that, I mean, we we all have our spirits opened, and then we receive, we receive, because it is a true knowledge, shall it just be delivered, right? So that as we receive this knowledge, with an open spirit, we get to see Jesus Christ with the eyes of our spirit, not just with, uh, you know, our human reasoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so I can't wait, you know, to
0: Beautiful. get to this. Moment. Beautiful. You know, um, I see some writing some Spanish words here. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, when I was growing up in the things of God and I'm still doing and coming up in ministry. One of the things that became very attractive to me was the revelation of Christ that no matter what I thought, no matter what one teaches, if it is not hinge on Christ, it may not necessarily mean you have to mention Christ, 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 Christ. No, the spirit of Christ, when somebody teaches anything sings anything, does anything, permeates the reality, permeates reality so let's desire that Christ will be ours and we will know him and we we'll walk with him oh very you you are muted, right
2: yeah, something like that <laughs> i just I just, I, I just wanted to chip into what um Theo just said yes, you know um he he talked about he talked about an, having an open spirit yes. and i think that is very 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 essential Thank because you. um i find myself reading the same scriptures that i used to read before the same bible and yet i am getting different meanings than mm. what i used to get mm. before mm. so and you cannot and and and, and that is not possible until you approach it with a different completely different idea different and an and, and open spirit willing to receive something new because if you go there with your your um your, your previous experience and this thing i have read it before you just completely miss the mark you miss what god is trying to say at this time so go with it with um with an open heart and and knowing that okay I I, I didn't know this before. So let me just do this again and do it this way and see whether I'll get the same message. And it's so amazing that you get new understanding, different understanding, and it makes a whole lot more sense, Mm. you know, when you approach it that way. So I think going in with an open spirit is very, very, very important moving forward.
0: Beautiful. That's a good one. Like one of my friends out of Suriname will say, that's a good one. (laughs) So please ready yourself. Um, I'm going to upload the the audio file in uh, WeTransfer and I'll just send it to you. you hit the download, you have it. And then the registration link will come as well. Share, invite somebody to be part of this. Um, Plan is that I'm going to be teaching this um, whole of this February. Then I'll take a little break from Rediscovery God's Ecclesia and ask um, another friend, um, you may know him or you may not know him, to come and also speak to us for a couple of weeks. And then maybe another will also speak a couple of weeks. Then I come back and continue rediscovering the Ecclesia because it really, 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 really um, is something we need to find out. And there are about four or more functions of the Ecclesia we need to step into. And those um, need to be built into us uh, like an operating system. the foundation from which we need to function. So God bless you, um, friends. It's been um, a good start in 2021. And we look forward to more, 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 more of this. Have a good evening. Um, uh, if you are in Ghana, if you are within West Africa, I don't know what time is it in uh, 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 Chile. Uh, Claudia?
3: 5 to 7.
0: 5 to 7 p.m. Have a good evening,
3: Claudia. But it's... Uh, all, but it's um... It's still, I'm gonna show you, it's still They. ouch. It's still very clear. Say it again. That it's 7 p.m. but it's still with sunlight.
0: Oh, let me see, okay, because um, let me do this. Let me take down this so that I can see, I, okay. Ah, okay. Oh, you have sunlight, right? Yes, there. Can you see? So that's 7 p.m., right? <laughs> yes. Isn't 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 it wonderful? Did you see? Yes, yes, yes. We just took a tour to Chile right now. Yes. So we just we yes, just it's we just dark
3: there, right? It's what time?
0: It's very dark here. Uh, okay. It's, what time? Uh,
3: what is the time difference that we have?
0: It's um Three minutes to 10 p.m. So if it is. Oh,
3: it's late.
0: Yeah, if it's seven. Okay. If it's seven, that should be. It's
3: three. You are three, three hours ahead. Three, ahead three of hours. Me. Yeah,
0: three hours. Three, ahead. three hours. Okay. Good, good. So good. Next,
3: time I'll, I want, next time, I won't be confused. I beautiful,
0: promise. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful.
3: Thank you, brother.
0: Take good care of yourselves, everybody. Some. Okay. We'll catch up. <laughs> Okay, good night. You can unmute yourself and say bye bye to somebody. Good night. Good
3: night, everybody. Nice night.